Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. This is your host, Matt. Um, Before we get started with an episode that I'm pretty excited about the topic to to discuss, um, let me just give a huge thank you to you guys, the audience. The response has been more tremendous than I expected. Um, I've told some of you guys in private conversations that it's always been a dream of mine to have a podcast. I'm a huge fan of this platform. I, I love that it's something that you, man, you can go for a run or a jog and just uh, be able to listen to, you know, as you do dishes. Um, I'm doing all these tasks that everybody hates when I discuss these things. I don't mean to. Anyway, um, but I always wanted to be a part of this kind of platform, this community. I have a decent selection of podcasts I typically listen to. I love long form interview podcasts. Um, there's an episode, there's a podcast called Lore with a guy named Aaron Mankey that I love Aaron Mankey's work. He's this dude that um, just tells these creepy stories that may or may not be true. But love the guy. I love what he does. I listen to a lot of ministry podcasts and stuff too, but. I really wanted a podcast that spoke to someone like me. I, I've always been built that way a little bit. I remember when I was in second grade and this girl named Sarah, not going to say her last name, but um, she was the editor of our second grade newspaper. And I went in on that, you know. Now, if you guys don't know what newspapers are, those of you guys who are new to all this kind of thing, Newspapers were things that people um, read that uh, came out once a day. You didn't have your instant news, and uh, they probably still exist in your community once a week or so. But um, anyway, I wanted to write for the newspaper, but she said I couldn't write good enough. And by the way, I still can't write good enough. My my grammar's terrible. Um, (laughs) uh, I, I misspell a lot of words. Follow me on social media. You'll notice... Uh, my good friend Cody Sable, who's an awesome painter, who I really want to have on the podcast sometime, mentions he, he once said, uh, "Dude, your Twitter, which I don't have Twitter anymore, but your Twitter is you you tweet stuff that's gold, but you have so many spelling errors, I can't retweet anything." And he's right. Uh, but anyway, second grade Matt decided that if I can't write for the paper, I'm going to do my own paper. So I got on my little um, word processor thing. Uh, it was called WordPad, maybe. I don't know what the old... It was before, it was predates Microsoft Word, if you want to know what I'm talking about here. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I got on my word processor. I typed out my own newspaper. I had my friend Todd. He wrote sports. He wrote about how this rookie, Shaquille O'Neal, breaking backboards. And we think he's going to be as good as Jordan someday. And um, so we're... Um, so anyway, I published my own paper. And... Tell you how um, humble I was. I called it the uh, Matt Hafer Gazette, and um, I went to Kroger and I got a quarter, and I made a bunch of copies with my school picture on the corner of it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, later on in life, I was working at a really cool church, and for about five years, we were fast growing. Things were awesome, and I decided I really want to plant a church. Um, the reason was is because I always wanted a church for someone like me. Like, okay, I can't do this here, but dude, I want to do it there instead. Which, by the way, was a massive um, God thing where I I had a lot of humbling experience of learning that that's not how life works. But with a podcast, I'm going to give it a shot. 
Um, I thank you guys so much for the response of how things have been going. Um, we have more listens on this show than I expected us to get in a while. Um, I get so many text messages from people that I did not expect to even care about this kind of format. And people just say, hey, man, keep it up. Uh, maybe you should talk about this, that kind of thing. People keep talking about how it's very vulnerable on this show, that they're not used to a pastor kind of confessing some of the things I do sometimes and saying some of the things I do, which like, I don't mean to like be that guy either. I'm not trying to be, <laughs> um, I'm just telling stories. That's basically what we're going to do. Um, but anyway, I massively thank you guys for just the response. Um, I'm going to say it's at the end of the show, but if you guys could leave a review on whatever platform you listen to on Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever, hopefully a really good review, <laughs> if you could, <laughs> um, just to kind of get the word out, that would be really appreciated. So today's episode on episode three of the 100 foot Jesus podcast is titled why Bible college is for everyone. Yeah. Um, now, some of you guys, the first thing you hear when you hear that is, oh, so you want people to be swimming in debt for the rest of your life? And the answer is yes. Uh, no, um, it's not. Uh, when I say why Bible college is for everyone, I mean, this is my opinion. I am not at all, and maybe it's an extreme title, I don't know, but I'm not at all saying hey, if you went to a state university or you went to a community college or you did trade school, uh, you're wrong. No, that, that this isn't a truth. There's not research backing what I'm saying today. So please don't fight with me. This is just my story and my experience. Um, so this is, last episode I talked a little bit about how I went to Bible college. I went to Kentucky Christian College, which became a university. And um, what my experiences were there um, and why I did. So let me just kind of tell the story a little bit further for you guys. So I uh, decided that, man, I can't go anywhere. I got to go someplace that gives me um, discipline, like that gives me rules because I was a rebellious kid. I want to do whatever was popular, man. I wanted to drink and people thought that was funny or cool. Um, I wasn't a smoker, but like if... If our school was into smoking, I'd probably be a cigarette guy, you know? Um, so I thought, hey, you know, I what, what I would really like to do is just, man, just give me rules. Give me parameters. I think anytime you struggle with sin, you need that. And I just needed it badly. <laughs> so I decided to go to KCC. Uh, my mom and I went to, with a meeting with a man named uh, Ron Arnett. He is an institution at KCU. Absolute institution. Um, guys won like seven zillion national titles uh, with the girls' basketball program. He's been at admin administration. Um, later on, I actually worked for KCU later on in life. Totally other story. And I worked hand in hand with him. Awesome dude. Um, so, anyway, dude was a legend there. Uh, in my opinion, still is. Uh, but anyway, we had this meeting with him and he laid out all the rules. <laughs> for us. Um, he talked about how there's curfew. And I'm like, mom, you didn't give me curfew. You know, he's like, you know, you can only get so many meals, uh, you know, a week in the cafeteria. And I'm like, I eat more than that. 
you know. Of course, back then I had abs. Now I don't even know where my abs are, but I had abs at the time. But I wanted to eat anyway. Um, you know, I, I they had all these different rules and things we had to obey. So I remember on my way home, I told my mom, like, dude, I can't go there. They're gonna make me do stuff. My mom's like, but you wanted structure. You you want to stay in this Christian thing. You say this isn't a phase. You're gonna stick to it. So I had my first. Uh, we had welcome weekend. And I go to Bible college for the first time. Again, I told you guys last week, I don't know many Christians. I, well, I do now. I didn't know many Christians at the time. We go to move in. We pull up to the curb of my uh, dorm. It was called Snodgrass. Not a dorm anymore. They condemned it right after I lived there. Not joking. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, all these RAs, the resident advisors, people who are kind of in charge of you, students, they moved all of our stuff in for us. Which I thought, man, that's sweet. Um, I met my first roommate. Daniel Sanders, who I still love like a brother. And um, if you're listening, Daniel, you know, dude, my heart's huge for you, man. Uh, but Daniel was all goth and scary looking. And I was like this Abercrombie, not Abercrombie, I couldn't afford Abercrombie. I was American Eagle, you know, the step down uh, before we got Arrow and all in the Old Navy. Um, and, um, you know, so we were kind of different, you know. And then all these other guys, seven other roommates moved in. First thing that shocked me about Bible college, one of my roommates told a dirty joke. I'm coming out of that life. I'm like, what? Dude, you can't tell dirty jokes. Like, can we do that? Because I got a lot. Can we do that? But I didn't do it. Not first. Did eventually. Sorry. Um, and then everybody laughed instead of like yelling at him. I'm like, oh. Uh, they said, hey, we're going to watch a movie. I'm like, what movie? And, you know, I, I expected like some Christian thing like uh, Bible Man, which I've never seen Bible Man to this minute, but I heard of it. And no, they're like, let's watch The Matrix. And I'm like, dude, that's that's a that's an R-rated movie. Well, come to find out it's like the Jesus R-rated movie outside of the Passion of the Christ. I mean, like this guy, Neo, he's uh, he's supposed to be Jesus. Uh, OK. Um, and then like every pastor at the time had this thing where like, you know, you take the the this pill or this pill, one's the gospel, one's like hell or something. Um, but anyway, people, so we watched our rated movie. I'm like, this is weird. Um, and that kind of thing kind of continued a bit. Like I saw Christians that didn't act like Christians, act like my buddies. And I was like, huh. There's much deeper than that though. Because they cared about their relationship with Christ. They really did. They're just so dang real. Because, like, at Bible college, man, your relationships are microwaved. Like, you don't wait for that thing to bake, dude. It's like, press three minutes, boop, and then all of a sudden, that's the relationship you're in. Dating relationships are like that. You guys heard the phrase, ring by spring in Bible college? That's real. Man, You a guy talks to a girl, and then he's like, that's who I'm going to marry. And it really is. Like, it happens. My wife and I did three months, and then we got engaged. And literally, I would have gotten engaged to her in three minutes. That's just how it works. We're on like uh, 15 years now, by the way. So I think we made it. But anyway, <laughs> um, but that's how it works. I, I went to a uh, complete new Christian kid, man. I, I, I went to my first Bible class. We had this guy named Dr. Lawson. And Dr. Lawson was straight up like this like mean professor you see on TV. You know, like he was like, look to your left. Now look to your right. One of those two are going to fail my class because 50% of the students fail my class. I was like, no. Yeah, they really did. Um, they really did. Um, 
Bible class was hard for me. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't know a thing about the Bible, like all these youth group, Awana, church camp, whatever kids, man. I never been to like a DC talk concert. I don't know. I don't know nothing about that stuff, dude. Um, I remember I had my, this NIV Bible that this lady who led me to Christ gave me. Um, <laughs> and I remember I wrote in the margins in Bible class, Peter, look him up later. Professor thinks he's important. Um, I didn't know anything. I'm calling uh, the, the pastor back home. I'm, you know, I'm calling all these people that know scripture. And I'm like, guys, what do I do? I don't know anything about anything, man. Help me, help me. I had to study twice as hard as everybody. Something I realized about my professors and um, other students is they loved scripture. Loved it, lived it, thought it was true, knew it was true. They loved scripture. I don't mean in a love scripture way as a lot of modern day pastors do. And I'm going to have an episode coming up about preaching and just my thoughts on biblical preaching. Um, just some things I've noticed. It wasn't like tweetable. For, they don't love scripture as a way to like be tweetable. Like you see like a lot of the cool modern pastors, which I sound like a hater right now. Maybe I am, but like they have the memes that say like, you only get what you give. And if you give it, then you, um, uh, when in the end, uh, whatever. And, and then we get really excited about the celebrity pastor, even though they don't really use scripture. And then only thing you know about them is their tweetable phrases. You don't know what scripture it came around. You don't know what they were talking about. And then their words become truth. By the way, Martin Luther fought really hard against that at the Reformation. We don't need to go back there, guys. Let's care about scripture the most. But anyway, these professors love scripture. They loved it. They taught it to us because they loved it. I had a professor, Dr. Girdwood. Dude had the Bible memorized in three languages and not to impress people because he loved it that much. He wanted to know it so desperately. I, I was in his office once talking about our Psalms class and I, and I, I read a Psalm and he teared up because he just loves God that much, man. Um, I noticed really quickly though that Bible college is full of um, hypocrites and disciples. Now, why do I say it was full of disciples? There were D groups all around campus. And you're like, what's a D group? Um, <laughs> uh, D groups was a uh, is devotion group or discipleship group all around campus because people wanted to. They started these accountability groups where where they would just sit and read scripture. They talk about you know, what's going on in the world today, their big struggles, that kind of thing. The guys in my dorm who I mentioned don't always act like Christians. Um, by the way, neither do you. <laughs> um, we started to think because we knew we didn't have this whole thing figured out. So we started this thing called, and my boys know this, right? Because we're in a group conversation on Facebook Messenger all the time, aren't we? Um, it was called Men. Stood for Meet Every Night. And we really did. We met every night. And what did those conversations look like? I'm going to pull back the curtain and let you know. Um, I remember one, one of our first ones, a guy said, hey, I struggle with pornography. Who else does? And I looked around and people were raising their hands. And I was like, we tell people that stuff? Um, others just struggles. I struggle with gossip and hate and judging. Who else does? And we would talk through our day. It was almost like an AA meeting, but to get better at following Jesus. 
It wasn't invasive. No one had to say anything. But these brothers, man, they, they, they just confessed how imperfect they are about how perfect Jesus was. I can sell those conversations with the exact same guys right now, to this day, because of that kind of thing. Um, Bible college is just an experience like very few things in this world, man. It's just, it's just different. It's just a, a completely um, different environment. Now, one of the first things you're going to say is, you say it's for everybody, but what about me? I'm going to trade school. I'm not talking about the trade school person. I love trade school. I'm saying if you're wanting to get a degree, how can you? Well, first of all, um, Bible college can have a good education. Not always. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna spill the beans on something. Uh, a few Christian colleges don't exactly have real education. Um, I'll give you a. Okay, so my wife went to a Christian school growing up. Sweet school, man. Really cool. Um, they're probably different about this now, but I remember her sister was doing some homework one day, and I looked at it, and it said math for Christians. And I thought, like today, I think that must be like a John Christ routine or something or you know whoever christian comedian you like um, and i was like what i thought we all had the same math like christians got different math than us okay and i opened the book and i kid you not it had math problems that you're imagining that were real it said things like um if you had <laughs> if you had uh if you had loaves and fishes and you add them together, what would you get? A miracle. Like it, it had hilarious things like that. It had history for Christians, which by the way, I get that because you, you, you know I mean? You want to show where God was in all this science for Christians. And, and I get that too. I, I, I feel you on that, whatever. But like all these different things were for Christians and like the English books had to have Bible stories instead of just regular sentences. You know what I mean? They had to have Bible stories. Or if Tim shares his faith, what? Yeah, I mean, like that's how it worked. Um, that's not what my Bible college education was like. The, where I went to school, um, they still have one of the best nursing departments in the country. They really do. And I'm not saying it's like, um, well, I'm not saying it is nursing for Christians. I'm saying literally it's nursing. Like you get your RN to BSN, all that kind of stuff. You can be a practitioner, all that kind of stuff. Which, by the way, I don't know what those words mean. But when I was an enrollment counselor, I thought I did. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to tell you why I think it's a good idea for everyone to consider Bible college for your student. Consider. I'm a youth pastor. I don't push Bible college on literally any students. But here's my stance of just my experiences in my life. Um, statistics keep showing that students, active students in high school, are leaving the church. Now, some say it's 20%, some say it's 50%. You're not going to find a good percentage on that. But imagine, you know, if it's 20%. Imagine you had 10 kids and you know two are going to leave the church forever. You'd be concerned, right? If they were your kids. What if they are your kids, you know? So anyway, um, this is how I always thought about it when I was enrollment counselor for a Bible college. If you know... That you know that there's a very high percentage chance that your student is going to leave the faith forever. Why would you not maybe consider putting them into an environment where they wouldn't? Like a place where they're in a Christian environment. 
an environment where you're actually going to grow. I'm not talking about other Christian schools because, dude, there are some Christian schools that are that by name only. They're, they're party schools. They are liberal arts schools that don't really like have like Bible options to learn. Chapel is like literally not a big deal. I'm not talking that. I'm talking like I love Derek Webb, musician, um, once said that, and I love this quote that Derek said. He said, um, anything called Christian that isn't a person is probably a marketing term. Like, that's a Christian movie. Eh, I think only people can become Christians. That's a Christian song. Pretty sure only pe- Christian uh, people can become Christians, not songs. They can be about Jesus, but they're not following Jesus. Sometimes that's how our colleges are. Not always. But I think it's a really good option to consider. Um, do some research, that kind of thing. Here's why it was big for me, okay? I didn't have the church experience growing up. You may. You may. I don't. I didn't. But here's what I'll say. Um, I got to be around so many amazing hypocrites and disciples. Now, you may say, oh, they're full of hypocrites. Yeah, so is your life. You can say, I don't want to be a part of the church because there's so many hypocrites. But, dude, this is how I feel about it. And I don't think I'm wrong. Um, everyone is a hypocrite. Like, you, if you're not a Christian, you have this set of moral standards that you say you keep and you don't. You don't keep it. The church, we have this set of moral standards that we say we want to keep and we don't either. But here's the thing. We're honest about that. In our most perfect form of understanding what the Bible is, we're honest about that. We know that we're so imperfect that the person we worship had to die for that sin. That we're called good, not because we're good, but because he's good. There's one really, um, I think, hilarious interaction that Jesus once had with somebody asking him a question. And this person said, um, good teacher. And right when he was asking this question, Jesus kind of stops him there and he says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. Now, Jesus was God, is God. But what he's saying is, I don't think people are good. I think they need a savior. We in the church, we repent. Like we know we mess up, we repent. We try to do better, right? We're honest about who we are and how imperfect we are. That's how we are. The the phrase, it's okay not to be okay, is huge in the church because it's a real thing. So... Yes, we're, the church is full of hypocrites. I'm a huge hypocrite. I know this. I preach things that aren't real in my life. I, I've done that lots of times. I once had somebody say, man, like, why would you preach something that you don't live out? And my answer is and always will be, I didn't write this book, the Bible. I'm just here to communicate it. I'll tell you when I struggle with it. But I don't have to follow all of it to tell you that God is good. And that's... That's how I believe about scripture, and that's how I believe about Christian life. But it's full of disciples, but Bible college and your life is full of disciples and hypocrites. It's full of both. I had and have people in my life that I count on to get me through this to be more like Jesus. I, I count on God. I also count on other people. I have huge advice for you as a believer. And um, I, I, I just live by this. You need someone in your life that knows all of the sins that you struggle with. I'm not saying the ones that you're comfortable with sharing. I mean all of them. The nasty ones. The not so bad ones, but you know they're not good. 
I have two people in my life, one really good guy friend and my wife who know every single sin that I struggle with to where they don't turn white when I tell them who I am. They know it. I don't tell it to everybody because not everybody can handle that kind of thing. Not everybody can. Some people take that and run with it and broadcast it to the world. Or some people will look down on you and say, uh, you're not who I thought you were. But as a Christian, you need at least one person who knows all of your sins. And you can know theirs too. Not in a way to gossip. Um, listen to what James, baby brother of Jesus, writes. Which imagine being Jesus' baby brother. Anyway, he says this in James 5.16. This is the ESV. Therefore... Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. He says, confess your sins to each other. I'm not saying you got to go to some cool box like on a movie with a priest, a Catholic priest, and confess your sins. Movies say to do that. I'm not saying you got to do that at all. Movies kind of get that wrong anyway, don't they? I mean, movies, um, they, it's like the past, the, like the priest is always like in the church all night, all day, just waiting for people to show up. And then when they do, you know, he says, my son, my daughter, whatever. That's not, you, there's no barrier between you and God. You confess your sins to God, but man, you confess them to each other. Why? Because you want to be more like God. You want to be more like him. You want to grow. You want to be more like him. So, um, when it comes to like Bible college, you're thinking like taking on debt. I have a wife that like is the best budget person I've ever met. Um, I understand there's good debt and bad debt, and I am not your debt person. I will not talk to you about debt because I'm a moron. Uh, but I will say that um, you know, I mean, how how it works these days, guys. I worked as an enrollment counselor at a, at a university, a Christian university. I can tell you, dude, we had the same in Kentucky. We had about the exact same cost as University of Kentucky and Louisville or Louisville or Louisville, whatever you pronounce it as. Um, it was just a different education, a different environment. Um, so I think it's a great option for anybody. But, dude, if you go somewhere else, serve God, love God where you are. And I think, man, you'll crush it if you follow him. I really do. So anyway, um, guys, that is episode three of the 100 Foot Jesus podcast. Um, if you guys could, this as I said at the top of the show, if you guys could subscribe to this at whatever platform you listen on, if you could um, share it on social media, but guys, a huge favor to ask you, please leave a review to kind of get the word out about when people search it, they find it, to just say, you know, hey, I enjoy this or whatever. That would be really a massive thank you for me. So anyway, have an awesome week and I appreciate you guys more than I can even express. Thank you.